No one has ever said raising kids is easy. With an overwhelming amount of information about healthy diets, discipline strategies, and the need for more tummy time, it can be really hard to make sense of it all. Welcome to Tot Talk. I'm Mary, a pediatric occupational therapist. And I'm Allison, a pediatric physical therapist. Together, we created Tots on Target to join parents, teachers, and pediatric professionals into one community with the mission to empower each other with a greater understanding of how our children's brains and bodies develop, join us as we discuss the most relevant topics to help keep all our tots on target. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on episode 14 of the Tot Talk with Tots on Target podcast. We're so happy to have you part of this and listening to what we have to bring you, which is all the relevant and relatable information that you need to help you along your parenting and professional journey. So again, thank you for listening. Today we are bringing you Holly Choi, the co-owner instructor of Safe Beginnings First Aid. She's out in Vancouver, Canada, really interesting person, really wonderful to talk to. She gave us a lot of great insights and information today about summer safety for our children. And Mary and I learned a ton ourselves. We know you will too. And she's just wonderful. She she really gave us a lot of jaw-dropping information. And we, we were really so appreciative to have her on because we know our parents in our community need to know this information that you might not even be aware of. So there's a lot to know about summer safety for children. The extreme heat can be very dangerous. And when you are equipped with the right information, you can make sure that your children are safe, which is obviously our number one priority as parents. And as child development specialists, when you're working with children, you want to make sure obviously that they're safe. So again, thank you for joining us. If you can, please leave a rating, a review on wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would really appreciate that so that other parents and professionals can find us. And also head over to totsontarget.com where you can ask any follow-up questions you have on any child development related topics along with any follow-up questions on this particular podcast. And we will do our best to answer you over there along with other professionals and other parents who can join in to the conversations. So definitely check us out at totsontarget.com. And without further ado, we're going to bring you our interview with Holly. Welcome, Holly. We are so excited to have you here today chatting. Thank you for having me. We are really excited because we think our listeners are really going to benefit a lot from a lot of the information that you have and your area of expertise. But before we get started, Holly, I would just like you to tell us a little bit more about your professional background and why you decided to start Safe Beginnings. Yes, thank you. So um, again, my name's Holly. I am the co-owner of Safe Beginnings First Aid. We are a first aid company based out of Vancouver, BC in Canada. And um, my sister started the company a really long time ago, actually over a decade ago. But I joined her back in 2015, following the birth of my daughter, looking for a career change. I used to work in medical software. And um, I found that it wasn't really conducive to being a mom. And so something that I found really intriguing about it was that I could help other new moms um, learn how to keep their children safe with life-saving skills. And it kind of evolved into then also education around injury prevention. So I'm a nationally certified uh, Red Cross First Aid Instructor, and I am also a nationally certified Child Passenger Safety Technician Instructor. 
So I spend uh, every day, all day long talking about child safety information and um, delivering tips to parents over Instagram on how to keep their kids safe. So wonderful what you do because, you know, when you become a parent, a mom or a dad, or even a caregiver, you're not given all these instructions. You actually have to go out and search for this information. And it's not always clear. Even in pediatrician visits, you cover some of the basics, but you don't go into all the different scenarios that parents have to really think about when they're taking precautions on safety with their children. So it's really such a important thing that you're doing and giving these skills to parents so that they can handle situations appropriately at home. Yes, thank you. I know for myself, when I was pregnant, I was very overwhelmed um, trying to decide what was safe and what wasn't safe and how to decipher that, um, you know, between baby gear and just simple things like keeping my daughter's room cool at night. So there is a lot of information out there, but I hope that I can help uh, make that a little bit easier for parents. And I really want to jump in with this topic because here, I mean, Allison and I, we are in the Northeast. It has been, we are going through a heat wave. It has been super hot. So I know that, you know, with it being summertime and the, you know, the temperature is really rising, we would love to know from your perspective, what are some tips that you could tell moms and dads regarding safety and the summer heat with their children? Yeah, so I think let's start off with keeping them cool at night because that is a huge problem when we've got a heat wave going on. Um, what I like to do with my children is try to keep their rooms dark all day long. So if you can, investing in a really quality blackout curtain, it doesn't have to be expensive, but a blackout curtain to keep the sunlight out of the room during the day can really help keep the temperature down. Um, I know in the case of my home, we have a skylight that's over our stairwell and it really heats up during the day. So any light that we can keep out of the house will help keep the room cool. Um, we also try to dress our children in nice, thin, breathable layers. So breathable typically means using natural fibers. So things like cotton, bamboo, um, natural fibers versus something like polyester doesn't breathe very well at all. So if you can get them in light layers, that can really, really help keep them cool at night. Is there a specific temperature range that you think is, you know, A, more conducive to sleep, but also safe? What is, what is that, what is that temperature or what is that range? So it's interesting because the American Academy of Pediatrics actually does not quote a specific temperature. And it's because there's a few more factors involved. One of them is airflow. So having a, a fan in the room um, can even help just keep a child's temperature regulated, even if the room temperature is a little bit higher than we'd like it to be. But what you're really looking for as a parent is is my child sweating by themselves? And especially if you have an infant, infants should never be sweating when they're sleeping alone. So if an infant is sweating in the crib, it's a sign that they are overheating and we should start peeling layers off to um, have them not be sweating. So some nights that might mean that they sleep in a diaper and that's totally okay. Um, I know some parents are nervous about just putting their child to sleep in a diaper because some kids are prone to trying to play with it, but um, you can get even a really, really thin sleep sack. I have one that's just a single layer of muslin cotton and um, I just put my daughter in that with a diaper and that tends to be just, just the right amount of clothing on those really hot nights. 
But if we have them sweating by themselves, that's a sign that they're overheating. It puts them at risk for something called febrile seizures, which are seizures brought on when um, a small child's temperature spikes very drastically. So we want to make sure that we don't have them sweating when they're by themselves um, sleeping. So actually, just because in my house, we happen to turn the air conditioning on to a lower temperature overnight, is that safer kids because sometimes actually my my four-year-old will ask me for like a long sleeve shirt and pants for sleep time because the air conditioning is on. So is that safe to lower the air conditioning and, and set it up that way? Or is it better for babies and toddlers to have a warmer temperature and clothe them in thinner layers? So the official stance from the American Academy of Pediatrics is cooler is always better. I mean, we don't want to be so cold, but for them to be sleeping with long pants and long sleeves in the summer is that is a great situation. I know where I live on the West Coast, most of our homes, at least here in Vancouver and in the Seattle area, we don't have air conditioning in most of our homes because we have such a very brief period of a heat wave that it totally isn't worth the expense. Um, and so for us, it's really just keeping our room dark at night. But if you've got the ability, if you've got um, air conditioning in your home, absolutely go for it. That is a great way to keep them cool, even if it means that they're not necessarily wearing summer pajamas. <laughs> um, and I think your tip about just no- noticing if a baby is sweating, that is just not, that is not okay. And I think that outward sign will really help parents to understand that they need to undress, you know, their baby, or they need to take a look at if they need to put a fan in the room. But um that's a great way objectively for a parent to notice that it is just a little bit too hot. Yes. yes. Also, um, cause it, what you said is actually very, hits very close to home. Cause I am very temperature sensitive in general and t- taking it even out of their cribs and outside, I find so many parents put their infants in long sleeves in like a 95 degree day and they'll be walking and they're nervous that their newborn is chilly. But what is the guideline for how you should dress your baby in a higher temperature outside. So it's tough with babies because we are really concerned about the skin. And so it is very common to see in the summer a baby wearing long sleeve pants because we're told to ideally not put sunscreen on them before six months because their skin is still developing. But that if we want to go out in the sun, that we also should keep them shaded and make sure that they're not getting a sunburn because their skin is so thin at that time. So my recommendation is to try to invest in some UV protective clothing. They make these awesome sun suits that you can get that are very lightweight, very breathable, but protect against UV rays. And that's what we have been using in our family. So they absolutely make them in baby sizes specifically for that reason to avoid having to, um, you know, the temptation to use sunscreen before six months. But it is okay to use a little bit of sunscreen. Both the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Canadian Pediatric Society agree that if you need to, you can put it just on the small exposed spots, but ideally avoiding it and only using shade when possible. So if you do want to dress them, just again, try to stick to those natural fibers like cotton, bamboo, linen are great. They also, those fabrics tend to have a bit of a tighter weave to them, which can help keep the UV rays out. So if you don't have a UV suit, sticking to natural fibers is best. But if you can get a UV protective sunsuit, they almost look like a 
a rash guard or a, a long sleeve, long pants uh, bathing suit is effectively what they look like. But they are absolutely awesome. Good to know. And where where do they sell? Yeah, so the, pretty much anywhere these days, you can get them at any major baby store. I know locally, um, I have a brand that I trust called Honeysuckle Swim Co. But they are all um, effectively, they all do the same thing. They just come in different prints, depending on where you get them from. But um, you can get them even as cost effective at places like Target and Walmart. You can sometimes even get them on the sale rack for as low as $5. So they don't have to be a huge investment by any means. And they can often cost a lot less than a bottle of sunscreen would. No, that's perfect. That's great for parents to know. A great tip. While we're talking about, you know, having your baby outdoors, can you talk about some of, I know this is an area that you are passionate about. Can you talk about safety when it comes to having your baby in a stroller on a hot day? Yes, absolutely. So the first, first most important thing is anytime you go out in the sun, please keep them hydrated, whether that means nursing them more often, offering more formula or having a sippy cup of water. It's really important to keep children hydrated so that they can help regulate their own body temperature. Um, and for me, I'm, I'm a ginger and I'm very sensitive to the sun. And I know that if I don't stay hydrated, I start to get that heat exhaustion sit in pretty quickly. So we have to be aware of that with children. But the really dangerous thing that I see all the time out in the wild is um, covering strollers with blankets. And I think this really plays on our intuition as parents that we want to shield them from the sun and not have them be overheated or get a burn. So we think that by covering the stroller and blocking out the light that that will help, much like what I was describing earlier with keeping the light out of a bedroom. But it unfortunately doesn't work that way when we're out in out, outdoors in the heat. Um, and they did a ton of research in Sweden, actually, where they did some tests of covering a stroller with a blanket and then testing the temperature again um, about half an hour later. And the temperature rose um, anywhere from 22 to 34 degrees Celsius um, in that time, which is about... 90 to 95 Fahrenheit inside the stroller. And effectively, what it's doing is it's just creating a little thermos effect. So it's holding the heat in. It's like a little oven. And you'll notice that um, I'm a huge car seat nerd, but if you um, ever come across um, the Nunapipa car seat, they have these shades on them now that they cover. They're a UV shade that comes all the way down past the child's feet in the car seat. But there is an open hole by the feet. There are mesh sides to it. And it's the same principle of shielding them from the sun, but making sure that it's breathable. And so even that thinnest layer of like a single layer of a swaddle blanket is too much to cover. We need to make sure that they have airflow. So my tip to parents around if you're concerned about the sun and your child in a stroller or... Even with the pandemic, if you're concerned about a well-meaning um, grandmother, you know, <laughs> lunging at your child in the grocery store, which we've all had that happen, then, you know, instead of that, you can get UV mesh covers. They make them that they are very breathable. They are 
thin, but they have the ability to keep that airflow going. And they're designed exactly for that purpose to keep the sun out, but let the airflow in. So again, you can get those just about anywhere, baby stores, online, but a UV rated cover specifically designed for that purpose instead of using a blanket. What about like a muslin blanket that's like very thin and kind of breathable or like a knit blanket that has holes in it? Would that suffice? Or you're saying it's really like anything that's a blanket that doesn't, isn't specifically made for this purpose is probably a no-go. That's correct. Anything that is not specifically designed for that is a no-go. Even a single layer of muslin cotton is enough to create that thermos effect, which I think goes totally against our intuition, but it's just that direct sunlight causes that effect. We went to a swim club a few weeks ago and there was a family there, very nice looking family. They're definitely taking care of their children, but their baby was in a car seat stroller with a blanket over the front. And Mm. I knew that that's not the right thing, right? I've definitely heard this before and, but I didn't say anything because it's really awkward to go up to somebody and say, by the way, you're making your baby really unsafe right now by putting that blanket over. And I don't know what, what do you say to another parent who obviously does not know this information and is, thinks that they're doing the right thing, but they're obviously not? Yeah. Have you gone up to parents before and sort of interjected? Yeah. So one of my really strong beliefs is that people are only willing to hear information if they really genuinely want it. And so for that reason, I typically do not give out unsolicited advice. My one caveat to that is unless the child is in immediate danger. So in a situation like that, that is where I do tend to step in and say, Hey, I read this crazy article on the internet that you know, talked about how the researchers in Sweden did this testing on blankets over car seats and how quickly, or not even car seats, but strollers, and how quickly the temperature can rise. And, you know, even going over there prepared with it on your phone, just to be like, check this out for a second. Maybe not Corona friendly, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but you know what I mean? So, so going up with the, um, hey, this blew my mind. And um, I try to make sure that my language is really positive and really like, hey, I didn't know this either, but I just learned it. And it might, you might find it helpful. And, you know, if someone is not willing to hear that information and they tell you to go away, just back right off. That's right. That's it. But I, I do tend to not give out unsolicited advice. But I get parents come to my classes, they'll bring a baby with them in the car seat. I'll see a lot of things wrong in the car seat. But typically, by the time I'm done talking, the the first part of that is that parents that come to my classes are already care about safety information, right? So they're the ones who want that information. They're there. A little bit of an easier gateway to changing. Exactly. But after talking to me, they realize that they can come up to me and ask me questions at the end. And a lot of parents that I have see something wrong with their car seat will say, can you just tell me if this looks okay? And then I'll say, you know, I don't normally give out unsolicited advice, but now that you've asked, here's a few things I would change. So trying to always lead by example, you know, if you see your friends doing something wrong, Post an article on your Facebook without making it an obvious dig at someone, you know, post something on your Instagram, but um, just try to be, we like to use the phrase in child passenger safety, be the lighthouse, let people know that you're there, that you've got the information and let them come to you. 
Yeah, no, it's it's really helpful. I mean, what's so hard is that this is really an area of safety, right? It's not like I believe in veganism and you don't, and I want to tell you <laughs> eating vegan is better. Like, it's not the same thing as your baby's overheating and you just don't know it. So there's definitely that, as you say, like if there is an immediate danger and parents don't realize that most parents do not want their babies to be in immediate danger. Like, absolutely. They don't want that. So um, they probably, if, as you said, and I really like the way you phrased that, it is helpful for, you know, parents want to do the right thing by their child and they don't know what they don't know. Absolutely. You know, again, it's, it's different than like different parenting philosophies that like, you know, keep that to yourself. But when it comes to safety, you want to share the advice that you know, because you want to help other parents do what they really want to be doing. Yes, absolutely. And my hope is always, if I can catch people and get them that information before it even happens, then I've done my job. Right. A hundred percent. From your, you know, experience, what are some signs that a parent would notice in their baby that would indicate that the baby is suffering from that heat exhaustion that you were talking about? In a lot of cases, babies will get a bit of a white ring around their mouth if they start to become dehydrated. But the main one that we're looking for is really that sweating. That sweating by themselves is never a safe thing at that age. Um, So again, keeping them dressed really lightly. That's why I love those UV suits so much is you wouldn't have to necessarily be worried about having their stroller open. You can still, you know, make keep the canopy over to keep the sun out of their eyes, but you wouldn't have to worry about the um, sun coming onto their legs or onto their tummy. You could keep the stroller open and keep that airflow going. So it's best to cover them with clothing and keep them in the shade whenever possible. But making sure that they're hydrated is a big one. I know that I am totally guilty of not hydrating myself properly in the summer because we get busy and we don't realize how much more fluids we should be taking in. But making a very conscious effort to focus on keeping them hydrated will definitely go a long way. And that is really the most important thing is hydration and airflow. All right. So in terms of the sweating, having had, you know, my babies and been out in the sun, sometimes their backs get sweaty because in a stroller or a car seat, that's the way they're lying. So their head is fine, their feet are fine, but their backs, like when you pick them up, they're all clammy. Is that okay just because of the way they're positioned? Or is that a sign that there's something dangerous going on? So it really depends on what your current situation is. What I mean by that is if the child, if you were to pull them out of a crib and they had a sweaty back, that would be something where it's a sign that they've overheated. Um, But if we're out in a stroller, not necessarily because they would still have a good amount of airflow on them. You would also, in theory, be with them the whole time and not unattended. So if something were to go sideways and you had eyes on them, you would know immediately. You'd see their color change. But when they're unattended, when we put them down for a nap, that's where we really need to be careful and make sure that they're not sweating at all. But in a stroller, you know, sweat on the chest or sweat on the forehead would be a great indication of if they're overheating or not. A pet peeve of mine is when parents use a car seat as a stroller. Do you find that the car seats are more heat absorbing or allow for less airflow than a stroller would? It really depends, but I would I would argue, yes, they, t- they do tend to be typically because especially infant seats that click into strollers tend to have quite a deep seat to them and the fabrics tend to be not very breathable. And I do notice 
uh, a, a shift in the trend of infant car seats. A lot of brands are moving towards wool as the main fabric um, because they don't require flame retardants, chemical flame retardants, and because wool is very good at regulating temperature. So in the case of a wool car seat, that would be fine in my opinion. But a lot of car seats are sort of synthetic fabric based. The idea is if a child were to spit up or have an accident in the seat that we're not going to have a hard time cleaning it, which is a huge reality for new parents. So for those car seats, yeah, it, it can get hot quite quick. And those buckles can get very hot too. Um, so I I personally used a bassinet attachment on my stroller when my daughter was a very small newborn infant. And then once we could, we moved to the toddler seat. Um, I pers- personally did not click my stroller or sorry, my car seat into my stroller. I didn't find it more convenient um, one way or the other. But um, yeah, if you are going to do that, there are some inherent dangers that you start to run into when you click a car seat into a stroller. Again, one of the main ones being the temptation to leave them unattended if we come home from a walk and they fall asleep because that angle of the car seat in the stroller usually is not great for sleeping and we don't want to have their airway become compromised by not wanting to wake them up when we get home. Even when I've taken my kids out of the car from a car seat, I'll have the temperature at a low temperature in the car. I'm comfortable. And when I take them out of the car seat, I'm like, oh my gosh, they were so much hotter than I was because I do feel like those car seats are not breathable. So like their backs would be sweaty, even though the front of them would be nice and cool from the air conditioning, you know? Absolutely. Just something to pay attention to of like how your your baby or your toddler is handling those fabrics as you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. So Holly, these are some really important tips. And I mean, I'm I'm a mom of two. I know Allison's a mom of four. Some of the things that you mentioned, I didn't even know. Um, and I was guilty of some of the things that you mentioned. <laughs> so this is really interesting. And I know that you have um, so much knowledge in this area. What What can you offer parents? I saw, you know, on your, you know, through Instagram and on your website, I know you offer different courses. What are some topics that you're able to cover? Yeah. So on our Instagram, which is at safe beginnings, I talk about child safety topics all week long. So my main focus on Instagram is injury prevention. So quick little bite-sized tips that you can take into your everyday life and implement to keep your children safe. And I try to pull out those little things that we don't think about or that we didn't consider and try to break them down in a really easy to digest fashion. That's what I mainly use my Instagram for. But I also offer a variety of online classes, um, both live and at on demand if you prefer. Um, I teach infant uh, CPR choking and injury prevention workshops for new parents. So whether you're expecting or you've got an infant or toddler, just being prepared with life-saving skills is so important so that if, you know, the worst case scenario does happen, that you're able to react confidently. And I think especially, uh, I can speak for myself as a new parent, being a parent brought on a lot of different forms of anxiety for me because I suddenly realized I was responsible for someone else. 
And I wasn't sure that I was ready to do that. And nobody has, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Having those life saving skills in your back pocket and keeping them up to date is really important because there we have, we get occasionally those emails from parents who said, you know what? I had to use it today and I'm so glad that I had it. So that's our main, um, sort of bread and butter that we do is infant CPR choking and injury prevention workshops. So we offer that online and I also offer it over webinar. People prefer to talk to someone back and forth directly. And um, back in April, I finally finished my newest online course, which is called Getting It Right from Day One. And it is a a course about car seat safety for baby's first year of life. So everything from how to select a car seat to how to install it, buckle them correctly, and just know that you're doing it correctly. I don't know if you've heard statistics around this, but the misuse of car seats ranges anywhere from 70 to 90% on average. Oh, gosh is insane considering it is a leading cause of death for children between 1 and 14. So if there's really one thing that you can do to keep your kids safe, it's make sure that you're using your car seat properly. That is um, a huge, huge piece of being a parent is just educating yourself on a few of these basic safety measures. Wow, that's a really high number. Yeah, That's a little... Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, I was, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> I know it's actually, it's a really shocking number. And I, I know that people can go to their, the police departments or the fire departments to get them installed. Is that correct? near you also? Because I, it I have is, done that. It is partially a myth. Now in the oh. United States, there are a lot of fire halls that have someone certified on staff. I can say speaking for Canada, that is almost never the case. Oh, interesting. Um, And it's often it boils down to liability. People are um, concerned about, you know, doing something wrong. And if they don't have training, it's not good. You want to make sure that anyone who touches your car seat and helps you is certified and qualified to do that. So the resources that you can um, look for as parents in the United States, um, there's a website called safekids.org. And they have a uh, map where you can find a technician and connect with someone to get your car seat checked and and meet up. And in Canada, we have a similar organization, which is an organization I'm on the board of directors for, the Child Passenger Safety Association of Canada. Our website is cpsac.org, so cpsac.org. And we also have an ability to locate a technician in your area and meet up. It is absolutely crucial that parents do that. And especially in the summer, it brings up those, those, those things, you know, um, is my child overheating in the car seat? You know, is it cool enough back here? And those are things that people who are certified and qualified can speak to. So it's never a bad idea. And I will say the majority of us operate as volunteers when we're helping parents with car seats, because we are really just passionate about people getting it right. No, car seats, we, we didn't delve into that as much today, but I, I feel like that is also something of such importance to parents. Like when, uh, when I've driven in my car, obviously when I'm in the front and I put on the air conditioning, I'm like, I'm comfortable. And like I set the temperature, I'm very temperature sensitive. One time I was driving, my husband was driving and I, for some reason was in the back. I, we have a minivan. I was in the back row. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so much hotter back here. Mm-hmm. Even at the same temperature. So it's, it's very interesting to really think about these things and even try to experiencing it as your kids do, you know, the yeah. back seat, sit there and, and 
decide, is this the right way? Where are the vents pointing? Um, these are probably some of the things that you talk about at greater lengths, but you know, when you might think you're doing everything right, but then you don't realize what you don't know. Exactly. I have a hot tip for you. (laughs) Um, There is a really neat product called the Noggle, N-O-G-G-L-E. And it it, looks very strange, but it is um, something that is very much approved by um, all of the car seat safety organizations around the world. It looks like an air conditioning hose. It's a very thick um, uh, circular hose. I would say it's about the size of, trying to think of what that size would be now, a baby's head. And <laughs> it's um, you hook it up to your air conditioning in the front of your vehicle and you can run it to the back. And it is effectively just a way to um, send the, the cold air to the back, but it's a very lightweight hose that's not going to cause a problem in a crash but can help circulate the air back there. So if you are in a situation where even still in 2020, you can buy a new SUV or new minivan that doesn't have air vents in the back, that's a great way to get the cold air back there. That's really good to know. That's that's a, It seems like it's a nice way to, like you said, encourage that airflow, especially to passengers that are sitting in the back seat or maybe the third row. So that sounds yeah. really good. And Holly, these tips have been amazing. I know that I've definitely learned a few things. I think my jaw dropped a couple times with some of your statistics. And um, so this has been really helpful. So I would just, you know, encourage all of our listeners to definitely follow, follow your Instagram page, get those tips. And, you know, to also visit your website and to take a look at some of those online courses and both live and webinars to get some of this really important information. Some of the things that you said, even if I did know some of the points, they were not the points that I knew about as a new mom. No. Those were things that I learned as being a mom for nine years. Yes, this has been a great discussion and we look forward to continuing to follow you on Instagram and learning a whole lot more. We're definitely going to have you back another time because there's so much more to discuss (laughs) for sure. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please note that this is general information. And since we do not know your child, it is best to contact your pediatrician or local pediatric professional if you have specific concerns. We invite you to continue the conversation on this topic in our online community at totsontarget.com. Additionally, you can find any toys, books, or products we mentioned in our Amazon storefront located in our show notes or on our website. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook for daily tips on how to keep your tot on target.